0: Welcome to Pet Stuff from pop trends to hot-button topics, strange behaviors and deceptive marketing. We're here to talk about all things cat and dog, Special thanks to the agrarians, Benton Sound, and Purple Planet for the awesome tunes you'll hear throughout this episode. Real quick, guys, if you've listened to the show before and you like it, please head on over to iTunes and leave a review. If you aren't listening through iTunes, you're welcome to go to my website, www.petstuffpodcast.com, and you can leave me some feedback directly through the contact form there. Your feedback definitely helps me to improve the quality of the show. If you'd like to check out pictures of me and my pets, you're welcome to follow me on Instagram at crazydog4, that's crazy with a K. Alright, so moving on, today we have a cool topic because we're talking about a couple of myths or misconceptions involving a couple ingredients that you've likely heard about. One of those is how well cranberries work in preventing or treating UTIs. And the other is the addition of an ingredient called carrageenan into some cat and dog foods. One side of the argument says that it's bad for you. It causes stomach ulcers. The other side of that says, hey, it's totally safe. We even use it in infant formulas. So we'll have an opportunity to examine both sides of that argument. There's a lot to cover So let's get right to it. I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with me here, and that's okay, but I feel compelled now to discuss it anyway. To clear up any confusion, I want to start by making it known that I really do believe that my choices, especially when these choices come to my pet's medical care, need to be supported by scientific data. And that's why I tend to gravitate towards veterinarians that take this kind of approach. Now, some of you might be saying, hey, Carl, well, aren't all vets like this? Well, no, not necessarily. I've actually met several veterinarians that have taken a more holistic approach. Look, I'm not a vet. I think it's very important that everyone builds a relationship with a local vet. What I'm advocating for is that we take the time to consider what we find valuable in our pet's medical care. I believe in conventional Western medicine that's proven to work, so I look for veterinarians like these. What I'm also advocating for is that we use a little caution When we're researching topics on the internet, there is a lot of bad information out there, but I'm sure you guys already knew that. Websites that promote unscientific or barely scientific articles are only creating a divide between qualified veterinarians and pet owners. Can we be honest with each other? I want to point something out for everyone listening. Look, it is okay to have opinions and it's okay to be biased what's not okay is when your bias is so strong that you're only willing to recognize the facts that fit your beliefs. Now, I recently read an article written by a Dr. Karen Becker with Mercola Healthy Pets. And in this article, she had discussed how cranberries or cranberry extract was as effective and possibly even more effective in preventing UTIs than antibiotics. Now, I'm going to break down the article and explain why I think it's a little misguided. And Dr. Becker, if you're listening, you're more than welcome to come on the show and explain how I got it wrong. So what's the deal with cranberries? Dr. Becker suggests that cranberries are as or more effective in preventing UTI infections as antibiotics. That's right. She stated that cranberries were possibly more effective than the antibiotics. Wow, I guess I just never realized it was so simple. We can all just start getting some cranberry extract and UTIs will be a thing of the past. Now, before you go stocking your fridge or filling your dog's bowl with cranberry juice, let's get to the bottom of this. I was admittedly skeptical, but I wanted to examine the same evidence that Dr. Becker was citing. So, she was referring to research that was done at a veterinary college in Taiwan. Among the test subjects, they used 12 dogs broken down into two groups of six. And before I get into the specifics, I want to clarify something. These researchers never claimed that cranberry extract was as effective or as Dr. Becker translated, more effective than antibiotics. What they did claim was that it may, not will, but that it may have a benefit in preventing UTIs. Let's get on to the meat of this. First, let's talk about this huge sample size, a whopping 12 dogs. Yeah, and they're supposed to accurately represent the hundreds of millions of dogs on Earth. Well, if you're sensing the sarcasm, good, because right off the bat, our best case scenario is that the evidence is inconclusive on a large scale. You simply need more research to demonstrate this with any certainty. The next part of this study is where things get a little weird. So the dogs were studied for six months. Researchers gave the first group of dogs antibiotics for two weeks. That was it. The second group of dogs received no antibiotics, but instead were given cranberry extract by mouth for six months. So, what were the results? Well, none of the whopping 12 dogs developed a UTI during the six-month period. Compelling, right? Mm, Well, not exactly. Something pops out right away, and that's how two weeks of antibiotics was expected to to last for six months. Seriously, if, if I take antibiotics in December, is it reasonable to assume that I'll be protected through the summer? Go ahead, a- ask your doctor, ask your vet. The point here is that based on the results, we just don't know why none of these dogs developed a UTI. If Dr. Becker was honest with herself and with her audience she'd have at least acknowledged that we're still a long way from claiming cranberries are more effective than antibiotics. Especially when there's a lot of studies out there that are reporting the exact opposite. Now there's more to the study and nothing that I really found especially compelling, but I'll leave that open for you guys to look into on your own. Now, I'm not saying there are no benefits to cranberries when it comes to UTIs. There is some evidence to suggest that cranberries may inhibit the binding of a particular type of bacteria to a particular type of cells. Again, we're just a long ways from having enough data to prove this works in every dog. In actuality, A lot of the evidence that suggests this was done in what we call in vitro studies, which means essentially it was done in a petri dish, which as we know is a little different than occurring in an actual live animal. Now, I also think it's worth mentioning that as consumers, we should be cautious of what kind of research that we accept and where it comes from. In this case, Dr. Becker conveniently sells some of these cranberry products that allegedly help prevent UTIs. Now, you can interpret this in a couple of ways. I mean, really, she could be someone that genuinely believes in the product, believes in the available research, or... Sadly, it could also be a case of someone that's just looking for a way to boost sales. So you're going out of your way to find any data that matches your products. So how does this whole cranberry thing work? Well, I want to play a clip from a YouTube web series called SciShow, where the host takes a minute to discuss some of this cranberry hype and whether or not it works. Check it out.
1: You will often hear cranberry juice touted as a great way to prevent UTIs, because it makes urine acidic, or because something in the cranberries keeps the bacteria from sticking to the walls of your bladder, or… Well, it turns out, they don't for decades, mothers and even doctors have suggested drinking unsweetened cranberry juice or to take cranberry pills to prevent UTIs. And there's plenty of historical context for that advice. Doctors used to think that cranberries made urine more acidic, which would make the bladder and the urethra an inhospitable place for bacteria. But more research showed that urine didn't stay very acidic for long, and the amount of juice you would need to drink is probably more than any mortal could handle. Later research turned to a specific type of antioxidant in cranberries, called A-type proanthocyanidins, which were shown to prevent E. coli from adhering to the wall of the urethra and bladder. But these studies were conducted in cultured cells grown in petri dishes, and those kinds of results don't always apply to real-world situations. And they found that cranberry does not outperform any of the other treatments in controlled settings. No matter how you slice it, cranberries just don't seem to stop people from getting UTIs. Even though these studies have found that cranberry doesn't do much for UTIs, you'll still hear people claim that it helps them get fewer UTIs. You might also hear them say that it relieves their symptoms, even though cranberries were only ever thought to prevent UTIs, not cure them. That's probably just because of the placebo effect, though. A placebo is especially powerful if you've been told by a physician or another medical professional that it will work. And for a long time, doctors did recommend cranberry to prevent UTIs. You might have also heard about it from the media and pop culture. So the power of suggestion is strong here, and it might explain why reaching for that juice makes you feel better.
0: Now, in fairness, I really believe that there may be some potential here to help dogs once we fully understand what's going on. That means we definitely need more research and we need to understand how much to give to each dog and in which situations. Right now, too many people are just guessing. So if you like wasting your money and it makes you feel better, then by all means, just go for it. Go nuts. Knock yourself out. But if it were my pet, I would check with my vet, maybe determine which type of bacteria we're dealing with, treat it with antibiotics, and then maybe regularly clean my dog's dirty vagina because that makes more sense than filling her bowl with ocean spray cranberry juice. Also for what it's worth, a quick Google search will provide tons of reputable and scholarly articles explaining that cranberries are just simply not effective when it comes to UTIs, at least not in humans. And actually, the research in pets is far less developed. All right, guys, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with more on carrageenan. Okay, we're back. So, I'm sure a lot of you are wondering what the heck is carrageenan? Rest assured, if you haven't heard of it, it's highly likely that you've eaten it. So, carrageenan is derived from a type of seaweed called Irish moss, and it's commonly used as an additive in uh, various different human and animal foods. So, if you've ever eaten Ben and Jerry's ice cream, damn, that is good ice cream, then you've eaten carrageenan. It's what we call an emulsifier, which means that it helps to stabilize the other ingredients. It prevents them from separating over time and also helps to increase the shelf life. Now, because of this, when it comes to your pet food, you'll usually find carrageenan in canned food or wet food, typically in that pate style. So you have two types of carrageenan. Degraded, which is also known as polygenin, and then you have the non-degraded, food-safe carrageenan. So the degraded carrageenan, polygenin, is not considered safe. But we also don't use this type in food anyway. I think this may be a source of confusion for some and maybe a false alarm for others, but it's important to note that these two are different. So what is the issue with carrageenan? Well, apparently there's some research that links carrageenan to things like stomach ulcers and and even cancer. This is in humans. Now, if you look it up on the internet, you'll likely find a bunch of health blogs and Forums, Maybe a few YouTube doctors, but you're going to find far fewer scientific articles on this topic. I tend to ignore a lot of the pop science, you know what I mean, the kind of science journalism, it's always titled something like, New study shows chocolate helps you lose weight. Now, it wasn't until I noticed that some pet food companies are beginning to remove it from their products that I thought, hey, this is more of my area. What's going on here? Now, the pet food company Wellness has a new in-store display. Well, I guess it's not all that new now, but it reads in bold letters, no carrageenan. Now, I don't know about you, But when a company puts out a big sign that says no anything, I start to wonder if there's a reason they're taking it out. But, and that's a big but, before you start arbitrarily removing things from your pet's diet, let's make sure it isn't just another excuse to charge a premium. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for businesses to do this. So we've got to ask, what does the research actually say? Well, it depends on who you ask. The FDA reviewed all the evidence, and they publicly announced that carrageenan can be safely used in food. Of course, as long as it's extracted in a particular process, and that it's used for its intended purpose, as a stabilizer or a thickener. Now, if the FDA isn't enough, what about the World Health Organization? And if they aren't enough, the International Food Additives Council issued a press release, I believe in August of 2016, that reported the research continued to support carrageenan as a safe food additive. Look, here in the U.S., carrageenan is considered safe enough ...for infant formulas, and I imagine that's a standard that's taken pretty seriously. There are a few critics, though. The largest carrageenan critic seems to be the Cornucopia Institute. They're a research group that seems to do a lot of work with uh, organic farmers. Now, the Cornucopia Institute reports carrageenan induces an inflammatory response in the body... They wrote that carrageenan may possibly lead to things like heart disease, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and even cancer. Yeah, these are some pretty harsh accusations, so it would lead someone to think that they must have a ton of evidence to back this up, right? Well... The Cornucopia Institute, and actually most carrageenan critics, cite the research conducted in part by Dr. Joanne Tabachman, or Tabachman, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that. So Dr. Tabachman published several studies on this topic, and she even filed a petition in 2008 with the FDA to ban carrageenan, which was ultimately denied. Now, in fairness It'd be hard to dispute that Dr. Tabachman would be considered an expert on this topic. She's just been involved in too much research in this area to say otherwise. But still, her work isn't very popular, and it doesn't seem to convince other experts. So what's going on here? What does the mainstream science have to say? Well, as we mentioned earlier, some of the major regulatory agencies, like the FDA, they've carefully reviewed the evidence and didn't find reason to believe it was unsafe. Now, other researchers have tried to replicate some of these experiments, and they weren't able to do this. They weren't able to reproduce the same findings that Dr. Tabachman and her colleagues had found through their research which means that they weren't able to find a link between carrageenan and some of those diseases I had mentioned earlier. But what about in our pet food? What are the pet food companies saying? If wellness removed it from their cat food products, then they must have reviewed the evidence and decided it was bad. Well, that's not exactly true, because they actually still use carrageenan in some of their canned dog food. Now, I actually called Wellness to ask what they could tell me about carrageenan, and here's what they said. Check it out.
2: Thank you for taking the time to call the WellPet Consumer Affairs team.
0: You guys also have a big display in the store, you know, now it's for cat food, but there's a big sign that says, no grains, no carrageenan. Um, So I I don't know if you can tell me a little more about that.
2: Yeah, they made all those canned products for the cat food, grain-free and also carrageenan-free. They removed the carrageenan from the products.
0: Sure, but it's in the dog food, so I'm wondering, is there a reason why you take it out of the cat food, but not the dog food?
2: It's just at the moment that they updated the cat food for the year of the cat, and they're only touching the cat food products at the moment. They haven't done anything to the dog food products.
0: Okay, is it is there anything wrong with carrageenan?
2: The carrageenan, so what happens is some people are against it, some are with it, it all depends. The one that we use is all-natural carrageenan, so we have that in the product. We use it as a binder and thickener, especially on the pate styles. If you're looking for something that doesn't have carrageenan on it, then you would want to avoid the pate styles and look into, like, let's say the stews and things like that.
0: Sure, but is there anything wrong with carrageenan?
2: Let me see here, so I'm going to look up the carrageenan. So there was a recent study in carrageenan, a long time ingredient used in pet food, as well as human food on the news, and what we like to do is share, I'm going to share some information in regards to the carrageening that we have. So the carrageenan that we use in it is all natural. It's a carbohydrate, and it's extracted from a variety of red seaweed. Um, there are two types of carrageenan, which you probably would want to look more into that online. For example, there's the food grade one and the non-food grade one. The food grade carrageenan is is all that we use in our well pet products. So we use the all natural food grade approved one. We don't use the non-grade one. Um, is used to help the preventious separation of liquids, improves the loaf structure, so as we explained, it's a form of binder. Let's see here, food grade carrageening is quite expensive and used in very small amounts, so they use very small amounts of it. Uh, has been, okay, and food carrageening has been used in a large scale-wide food production since the 1930s. And then food carrageenan safety has also, so it is considered safe by the FDA, which is the GRAS, the general recognized as a safe product.
0: Okay, I want to break this down. So, Wellness mentions that they only use all natural food grade carrageenan. Oh man, that's great! considering it'd be illegal to use anything else. So, next thing, he said that the dog food still has carrageenan because this is a cat year, whatever that means. The point is, I assume if this company thought it was dangerous they probably would have made an exception to the whole cat-ear, dog-ear policy and just removed it from all the products. And lastly, they didn't mention any reasons to avoid carrageenan. So why did they remove carrageenan from cat food? This is another example of why I just can't get excited about each new trend. Okay, so I don't believe there's anything wrong with carrageenan, but I really do think that it's awesome that more and more research is being done, and I feel the same way about the cranberries for UTIs. But I also trust that our regulatory agencies are going to do their jobs and examine new evidence as it's proposed. All right, guys. I hope this was helpful. I love creating episodes for you. For everyone that has left me a review on iTunes, even the bad reviews, I really appreciate it. Special thanks to those that have sent messages through the website. I appreciate all the feedback you guys can give. Hey, it's been fun. Until next time.